and welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurship Decoded. I'm so excited for you guys to meet Bryce today. Got to meet him a couple weeks ago and now just get to share his story and what he does. So Bryce, how are you doing today? I'm cruising. I'm doing fantastic. This is a great, great activity for a Monday. So thank you, Alex. I appreciate being here. Yeah, of course. I love it as well. So we'll just dive right in. I would love to hear your story of who you were before you found entrepreneurship and then just that that journey or the aha moments that came up to that point in your life. Cool. Well, I'm the kind of person that never planned on being an entrepreneur. Uh, honestly, before I started my business, I had absolutely no desire to do it whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I, I've had a few friends um, and I've had some members of my own family do it and I've seen the incredible amount of work required and I, I, I had other, other dreams, other visions and I spent the majority of those dreams and visions pursuing them. I, I was in the entertainment industry here in Salt Lake for almost 10 years, a good number of years and that's what my uh, first degree is in, digital film and video production. Uh, I wrote a book after that, and then it wasn't until I had an opportunity in a, a little side venture that all of a sudden creating a business didn't sound so horrible and difficult and nasty, and it it seemed like an important thing and a lot of fun, and well, believe it or not, here I am. Love it, short and sweet. You get to just go over what you did, and I'm curious to know how, so you said you were in the event event planning business, or is that you were more just like creating events? Oh, I um, not events. I, I apologize if I, I mumbled. Um, maybe our connection is a little rough, uh, but not events. I was in the entertainment industry, so oh. I, I made movies, and uh, I did both in front of and behind the camera work. I got started acting, and then many years later, I wanted to round myself out to get some more jobs. So I learned how to do stuff behind the camera. And that's what I did for the majority of my professional career up to this point. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I guess I heard events for some reason. So uh, that's okay. So I'd be clarify. Yeah. So yeah, entertainment. That's very interesting. So then you said you went, you just, you kind of found something that led you to think, you know, business isn't all that bad. So, uh, what, when you started entrepreneurship, what were kind of the main challenges, obstacles that you had to go through and what you had to learn to get to where you are right now? Uh, that's a, I like that question. There's, there's a lot to it. So let, let's see if we can hit all the points or as many points as we can in the explanation. Um, the moment that I, I really jumped in to the idea of entrepreneurship happened a few years involved in this, this side, um, not venture, but the, the, the side hobby. I was volunteering at a local high school in a, a coach capacity. So I've been a improviser and uh, improvisational comedian for uh, over 12 years now and it's something that I love to do and I could, if you'd like we can talk about the beginnings of that at a future question but I was coaching these high school kids and I did that for five years up until this year and about year two or three 
I took a moment to step back and actually look at what had been done. You know, why was I still there? What, you know, was I enjoying myself? Were the kids enjoying themselves? Were either of us getting anything out of it? And I had a moment for me where I saw how much I was gaining by not only being a teacher, but by being a teacher in, in a capacity with young people. Uh, I don't know if you've had, have you had the opportunity to teach something that you know, or you think you know, and then when you're involved in that environment, you really get to understand how much you know. <laughs> and there's, there's an enormous amount of growth possible as a teacher. Have you had that opportunity before? Um, I don't think I've had the opportunity where I, I shared something or taught something and then realized that like, oh, I know a lot of stuff. I guess when it comes to different ideas like mindset, perspective, and knowing the traits that it takes to be a leader, I think I could talk about that for days, just knowing from the different experiences I've had. But I think it, like a specific skill or specific type of knowledge, I haven't had the chance to really teach it or to know if I know more about it than I think I do. Well, I'm sure those opportunities are going to come up for you. I, I almost have no doubt. And when they do, um, you'll have you'll have moments like that where you'll take a step back and you'll be like, huh, I did not see that coming. And I didn't know that as well as I thought, or I knew that a lot better than I thought. But it's not only this moment of self-reflection, it's then taking what you know, or you think you know, as we've, we've presented the, the different sides of the spectrum, and now you have to present them to another person. And this other person doesn't think like you. They don't feel like you. They don't express like you. And so now it becomes a, uh, not, not necessarily a compromise of these two different positions, but it becomes how do we establish that communication? How do we bridge it and then use it? You know, put, put some miles on that extension and really make it what it can be. And so when you, when you teach a group of kids like high school kids or youth in general, there's not a whole lot of experience, but there's a whole lot of desire and there's a whole lot of excitement and energy and passion, which is really, it is really cool to be in the midst of stuff like that. So as I watched what these kids were doing with what I was teaching, and how I was teaching it, uh, I was really humbled and I was very impressed with the kids. And I thought, you know, there's something more to this than just teaching comedy. And uh, I, if that answers your question, we, we can move on, but that leads to a, you know, another question too. But you let me know where are we headed next. No, uh, yeah, I'd love for you to elaborate more on that and how you think, um, that, I don't know if that's necessarily a challenge, but kind of an aha moment where you said that it, it was more than just the comedy, but it was the fact that the kids were, they didn't have the experience, and but they had the passion, they had the drive to learn more about it. That How did that lead to more of a challenge towards your entrepreneurship journey? Yes, thank you, the challenge. I forgot about the challenge. So when things happen by accident, we love those moments. We love the happy accidents. We hate the bad ones. We love the good ones. And happy accidents are unique in that most of the time we don't go looking for them. They just happen, right? 
So after a happy accident has occurred, if you want to duplicate it, therein lies the first challenge. Something that happened naturally, now you're trying to exert some force of will or this effort of control or you know, something along those lines to make it a real. And for me, this, this is perfectly exemplified in the fact that one, improvisation is seen with a certain stigma or intimidation. Uh, most people recognize improv from the TV show, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Have you watched that or heard of that at all? Yes, I have. I, I love that show growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it's, it's one of my, my favorites. I, can t I watch their reruns and the highlights on YouTube all the time. I love it. And so people, when people think of improv, most of the time, that's what they associate with. And there's intimidation because one, it's on a stage in front of, you know, millions of viewers. Two, these people who are up there performing make it look effortless and they're hilarious. And we're like, I could never do that. I'm just not that person. Uh, so that's the first challenge is overcoming this intimidation of the idea of improv. But two, it's presenting in a business mindset improv as a helpful tool as something that helps us not only overcome ourselves but it improves our relationship qualities improves our communication skills it helps us um, really experience in real time what trust looks like both towards our, ourselves and towards others it helps with confidence creativity uh, there, there's a whole host of things but it's it's helping people understand that and getting that message across as opposed to it's just comedy and it has no inherent value. So something that happens just naturally with a group of kids, now I'm attempting to take this on a much bigger scale, introduce this to a much broader and wider audience and get it into business to help with sales imp uh, improvement, team building improvement, uh, all, you know, all of those plus the previous things I've mentioned and then see if I can get some more youth workshops and get some more kids uh, developing stuff like this and really finding a sense of self. So those, those are the biggest challenges right now. Oh yeah. I, I totally, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is improvisation. Cause I think I took a drama class like my first year of high school and I was like, I was terrified because it's like you have to come up with stuff on the spot and it's just, <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> like I can't do this but you know mm -hmm. you talk about it and it's like you're going through that every single day you're improvising basically we talk about it like every every moment or almost every moment just a bunch of decisions you have to make during the day you're improvising based on the information that you have so I think that's interesting the way you talk about that um you you kind of mentioned I, I'd love to kind of hear your perspective on this but uh, going back to like the kids you talked about and you said you don't they don't have experience but they have the drive the passion desire to want to learn more do you think that's um, a better trait to have because I know there's different like if different jobs different parts of entrepreneurship that needs knowledge and skill but um, do you think it's a great important thing to have especially as a leader entrepreneur to have that drive that passion even if you don't know much about what you're going into well, yes, I think all the skills you just mentioned, all the ideas are inherently valuable, uh, absolutely and without question. 
what I think is more valuable though than just having those is what you're willing to do with them. Um, I, I believe in a very active application and pursuit of certain things. And the idea of a virtue or the idea of self or talent, it's not just good enough on its own, you know, because everybody has something they're good at, which I love. But it's how are we, how are we pursuing an effort to bring those together or to master, you know, one or two or um, express one or two. So um, this is, this might be a side note, but I, I'm hoping that it ties into what you just asked. Something that I experienced and I observed, I, I can't, can't say I experienced because I'm not a high school student anymore. But when I was teaching the kids, I observed a lot where they were not being treated as potential adults. Instead, they were, they were continuously, uh, continuously treated as children. And there are so many arguments um, from a biological standpoint, uh, a psychological standpoint that supports the idea that high school kids just are not all the way mature yet. And I, I'm not arguing or refuting that at all. Um, but my, my counterpoint to this is that if we continue to treat people as they are, instead of as we believe they could be, and then help foster that belief and provide opportunities for these children or these people or adults, it doesn't, you know, age doesn't really matter to this idea, but the high school kid is a, a good example of this. If we don't create an environment or foster the opportunities for them to practice adulthood, then by the time they reach 18, they don't magically transform into this high functioning individual. And it, it's hard for me to watch how so many high school kids that they, they want to have that ability, but they're constantly being told that they're still children. And so where, wh how do we help this? How, how do we, provide the opportunities to gain some kind of experience and to um, be, start to incorporate this more mature thinking and this mature approach to life. And that's ironically enough, improv comedy, you know, getting up and basically getting doing nothing, just goofing off and having a good time is a great reinforcement for that. Cause when you take away a script from somebody, when you take away somebody's, um, I don't know, lifeline might be a little extreme, but their, their comfort zone. A person is just left with themselves. They have nobody else to rely on. They have nothing else to rely on. And so if you're put up on stage or in a scene where all of a sudden your ideas are the ones you have to go with, your feelings are the ones you have to, to build off of, that can be a very terrifying experience for a lot of people. But improv helps, helps us get comfortable with ourselves. And then once we learn that, then we realize that we've had a partner with us the whole time. And now we can learn what it's like to move forward with a partner, to express some trust and, and support for them as we hope they're doing to us. I, I don't want to devolve too far, but um, 
so yeah, the, the values of passion and drive and then knowledge and ability, uh, education, I think they're all valuable, but it's, it's what we do with it that I think is more important. No, yeah, I completely agree with that because people are saying, people say knowledge is power. It's more applied knowledge is power when it comes to that because we could have all the knowledge in the world, but it, 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 it's determined on what actions we take and what we do with that knowledge that becomes the power, the influence. So I think that's a great topic as well. But yeah, great. I love that. So uh, you mentioned this, we could talk a little bit more about it, but how did you get into improv and then uh, you could probably tie it into uh, your business and what you're doing today. Excellent. So uh, let me just say real quick, I realize I haven't said it yet. The name of my business is called Finding Parallels. Uh, and I, I chose that name because that's what I hope it does, is I hope it creates a perspective of parallels between, oh, wow, I, I do that here. Or I never thought about it, you know, from this perspective or from this pursuit or, you know. Uh, that kind of an idea. So finding parallels. And the the principle of it is I don't teach people how to be funny because improv is not about being funny. Improv is just about making things up on the spot. There can be dramatic improv. There can be comedic improv. There's dark improv. There's light improv. I mean, it, it can go any way you want. So the skills that are associated with somebody who can improvise Everybody has those and practices those to some degree or another every single day. Uh, so all I'm proposing to do is bring an awareness to those and establish those uh, a lot more clean and a lot more clear. And if comedy is involved, awesome. Everybody loves to laugh, but um, not everybody's funny and that's okay. And not everybody's going to be up on stage. That's okay. So it, it's an important difference that uh, I hope helps with the intimidation factor. Um, but how I got started, I was in high school and I was a junior and there was a gentleman who was with a professional troop here in Salt Lake and he was jumping around to a bunch of different high schools offering, uh, like a two hour one-time workshop. I, I forget how long it was, but, and any school that was interested, you know, we could form our own team, our own group, and we could continue practicing. And then, um, he would allow two teams to come head to head on their stage where, where they performed up in the heart of Salt Lake. And we got to raise a little bit of money for our schools that way. It, you know, it wasn't a whole lot, but it was just a lot of fun, you know, cause we'd get, you know, our friends and our, our group together and we'd laugh and giggle and we'd play and practice these games. And then we'd get a perform in front of an audience. And, you know, when the audience would laugh at what we're doing, we loved it. Yeah. It was, it was an amazing feeling. And uh, after, after high school, I was out of improv for uh, maybe three, four years. And I got back into improv because I had just gone through a divorce. And it was, it was another accident, very similar to how I, I ended up in theater in high school, just complete accident. Um, but when I started going back and participating in the workshops, which was now being held by another group in Draper, I realized how much I missed it and how much fun it was, but also how therapeutic. I get a lot of healing from improv and from comedy, just the nature of how it works and who I'm with. 
it's, it's a necessary part of my life. I, I, I reinvested in improv when my mom died. I reinvested in improv after my uh, divorce from my first marriage. And I've known a lot of people who have found improv due to similar circumstances, but then stay because it heal like it, it heals those wounds and it lifts them and, and raises them up higher than they were before. So uh, that was my start in improv as a high school kid. And then getting back into it after, you know, emotional trauma and, and emotional hardship. So, you know, 12 years later, here we are. 12 years later. That's awesome. 12 years later. <laughs> yeah. So cool. I think through different experiences that everyone has, I think just finding a way to relieve that pressure or stress or, or any type of negative feeling through different things like that. So I think that's awesome. You were able to find something that allowed you to just be, find yourself again and kind of relay what frustrations and anything you, anything else you might have. Cause I, yeah. So that's awesome. So, Oh, you talked a little bit about your business, finding parallels um, and just improv improvisation of that. Uh, do you want to go into more detail of exactly what your business is and then um, like, who you tailor to specifically and um, mm -hmm. yeah, what kind of value you bring every day. I would love to. Thank you. Uh, so first there are two, two groups that I have a desire to cater to, as you put it. The first is business um, primarily because the idea of morale, team building, uh, improving sales, improving the ability to work with each other, to navigate, to open up, communication avenues, all these things. Like those are standard practices of business, right? And some people are better at it than others. That's just the natural course of things. Excuse me. But what I provide and what I, um, the value that I offer is a, a personal perspective on how you as an individual approach these elements and where you currently exist within them. An example would be in improv, when we're in a scene, there are uh, what I've broken down to four basic responses that you get. So improviser one gives an offering or they make a statement or something to improviser two and improviser two can respond four different ways. That's no, no, but yes, or yes. And, and then based off of those four responses, improviser one understands how, this is going to go, at least initially, because naturally things change. You know, there are things can change. So there's value in recognizing elements of communication, but especially how you communicate. Are you a no person? Are you a no but? Are you a yes? Are you a yes and? When are these four responses appropriate in business? Because uh, I believe that you know, all four play an important part in life, and it's knowing how to use them. Like a, like a knife or a you know, pair of chopsticks. You know, they, they serve purposes and if you know how to use them, then their value goes up and your, you know, the, the efficiency and the result increase. Um, also in terms of how to relate to people. This is probably the biggest one and it's one of my favorites because everything is a relationship. You know, the things that you personally love, Alex, you can take a minute to think about them. Um, you know, your hobbies, why have you chosen your hobbies over, you know, others, maybe a friend's, um, 
why do you have a, an inclination towards certain aspects as opposed to others? It's because you have a particular relationship with those things, or you have a desire for a particular relationship with those things. So things and people, ideas, feelings, uh, they're really no different. And in improv, this is one of the, the coolest parts about an improv show, because we don't have a script and we have a live audience and the audience is different every single show and our show's different every single time. So the most important thing for us as, a, uh, as performers to do is find a way to connect with our audience, to relate to them and with them and then present material that they can relate with themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if we can learn what it's like to relate and then to work on that relationship in real time, that's to me invaluable and who doesn't want to find a better way to relate. So, um, and then there's just the idea of confidence of learning, uh, how to make choices, how to be comfortable with the choices that you make. Uh, but ultimately it breaks down to self, this, this approach of where you are currently, where you would like to be, and then a unique fun uh, training and tool set to help you get there. As opposed to just your standard, we're going to go listen to somebody lecture, you know, for an hour. The, my workshops are interactive. You know, people are up working with each other, practicing. We're playing improv games with each other. And it's a scary, it's intimidating. You know, I, I, I acknowledge that it's awkward, but that's part of what makes it so successful because this is a different environment that most people don't experience. And when we, when we allow ourselves to go just outside of, or be willing to explore even further outside of that comfort zone, we discover all sorts of things. So that's the first, the first group, second group our kids, specifically high school aged kids and youth. Um, with the work that I did with this high school and how much fun we had and what I saw happening in these young people, particularly their maturity level increased, their ability to handle difficult situations increased, um, how they communicated with themselves increased, and then in, uh, continue that communication to their peers their teachers, the parents, uh, if they have a job. So their sense of self, which is vital to a high school kid, improved dramatically. And it makes me very happy to say that. I, it's weird to think that I facilitated that because they did most of the work, if not all of the work. I was just there to offer an opportunity. And so that, that was part of the humbling experience of it but I hope to offer that to more kids. And in my experience, middle school kids, if they're closer to ninth grade, um, they can understand these concepts, but any younger than that, it's really improv is just goofing off. It's just an excuse to be ridiculous, which, you know, that's awesome. But in terms of learning these types of skills, uh, being cognizant and aware of them, uh, high school kids are very cognizant and they grabbed onto them really, really well. So those are the two demographics that I want to hit. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember yeah, we talking about that a little bit more from our last time and just the, I think both those groups 
they might be the ones that need the most improvisation because like businesses, they need that. They need to grow that skill because there's, that's so, so many different things that can happen. Just like even from these past seven months, just the unpredictability of everything. You need that, the improvisation of it to just keep going to pivot and everything. And then the high school kids, definitely. I just graduated high school and, you know, I, I probably have more of self-identity than most kids, but I, I totally understand the process of, you know, not knowing basically anything and, you know, being treated like a child and they're just like, you know what, it, I'm, I'm ready for it. You know, you, just having that stereotype is hard to go with. So I love it it to that and just kind of give them the opportunity to see their potential and then how they can use that throughout their life. That's, that's amazing. That's uh, yeah, that's priceless when it, especially when it comes to that. Well, thank you. And yeah, I would say you handle yourself very maturely. I figured you're at least two to three years out of high school, but if you just graduated, then awesome. Congratulations. You made it through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I just did. So that was definitely a weird year, but anyway. Indeed it was. Indeed it was. Awesome. Yeah. So I love how you talk about your business, everything you've gone through. Um, and even some of your successes, like I can tell your passion with what you do and how you know, you even said it heals you. So I think I'm, uh, write me if I'm wrong, but you want to help other people figure out and figure out how to heal themselves if they need be, or just help figure out confusion and almost a sense of loss in their, in their life. So I think when you talk about that, I can really tell your passion with that and how it just helped you. So you want to help others. Am I right with that? You are. And I appreciate that you've just painted me in like this the saint like light um I, I would have to say that it's definitely not as uh, you know as, as what you just described um I, I i would like to clarify that i don't have a desire to to save um because i don't necessarily feel like that's within my power to do so i i do however feel very much like i have the ability to present and to love and to support and to um, to work with people uh, because I have seen the, uh, the healing other people have gone through. I have heard other people express what it provides. And then um, I've experienced myself. I've seen it in others. It's, it's not so much that like all this, I have all the keys and I have all the answers. No, it's no, it, it's not, it's not so profound. It's, it's quite, it's really simple and it's really easy. It's if you want to put in the work, this is a place to do it. And you, you will have an advocate in me. You will have somebody in your corner. And I, I can't say that I know exactly what you're going through, but I can say that I do know hard things and I've overcome hard things. And I know that laughter is a particular medicine for darkness and difficult times. You know, there's a reason people pay money to go watch somebody on a stage telling jokes. Uh, it's, it's because it brings light back into our life. So I, <laughs> I, I get, you're very kind to paint me so well, but I, I'm not a saint. Uh, I just, I've seen something in an environment that I know very well, and I would like to offer that to anybody who is interested. 
Yeah. No, and I appreciate your transparency as well because I, I like to do that with other people, just you know, picture them in a perfect way. But you know, that's we're all human. We all have our reasons. You know, we're doing business for for monetary reasons, but you know, there, we also have a passion for it to possibly help others. So there's different aspects. You can have the cynical side of it, but you can also kind of see the more positive outcomes that come with what you do and why yeah. you do. It. So, yeah. I love that. So, uh, just, I guess, well, I usually ask a question as the last question, but I would love to just give the floor to you for you to say anything that you want to say about your business, what you do, or just anything else you would like to say. Cool. Well, thank you. The only things I can think of, uh, left to say are one, thank you very much. Uh, it's, it's always, I'm always very grateful to people that will share some of their time to let me talk about what I do. And if there's any way I can reciprocate, please let me know. Uh, I plan to, don't necessarily know how, but you know, that's, that's always the goal. So thank you, first and foremost. Uh, two, I appreciate that people are willing to listen to what I have to say uh, and hear something that I, I enjoy doing and that I hope other people enjoy hearing about and want to participate in. Uh, being a new business, uh, I'm a little over a year old with some spots on and off during that year for particular difficulties. Uh, COVID has made things difficult, but I am able to hold digital workshops. So if you, your business, if you have a, a group or a team that you're interested in uh, having something like this for, I can hold workshops for as little as one person uh, up to 20. 20 is a good number. And we can do it digitally. We can do it in person. Uh, my prices are custom uh, for businesses based on what you need and how many people are attending. And they're, they're very fair and competitive. Uh, I, because improv is very much a we don't know what we're doing, just because we don't necessarily have the content doesn't mean we don't have a format. So the format that I follow is I'm very interested in knowing what your focus as a business is what you want. And then that is what I plug into my formulas and lets me know what we need to do and how we need to do it. So the more I know about you and the more I know about what you're looking for and what you need, all, all that does is just help reinforce and build what I have more succinctly and make it stronger, honestly. So um, I have, I could do custom workshops. Uh, I have some that are ready to go at the drop of a hat, you know, standard, average, average things. So uh, I'm very flexible in what I'm able to provide. Uh, let's see, anything else specifically to say? Um, if you would like to get in contact with me, my email is findingparallels at gmail.com. My website is findingparallels.com. And there are ways to communicate with me on there uh, as well. So. Uh, I'm out there. I'm available. Uh, I'm not difficult to get in contact with. If I don't respond immediately, I will get back to you, but I'd love to, to make this happen. If you aren't a business, if you're just an individual and this is something that you're curious about as COVID you know, will wind down eventually and people are more comfortable getting back into the, the face-to-face -face encounters, I will be putting together group workshops again. So we'll move from the digital space to the, the real, physical space. Um, but I can do one-on-ones. Uh, you know, like I said, it, 
it can work variety of means. So please don't feel hesitant to reach out and ask me any questions. I love questions. So that's it. Thank you. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. So I'll put all the information is down in the description for you guys to look at. If you want to, if you didn't get all that, you can just look it down below. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciated your time and Bryce, thank you for coming on. I loved hearing about your story and what you do to bring value to people. Well, thank you. I've really enjoyed it as well. I appreciate you. Yep. Thank you. Thank you.